Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Last week, we talked about the power of affirmation. We started with our scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, though you may have 10,000 teachers in Christ, you do not have many fathers. We talked about the incredible pain that's in the body of Christ today because there are not spiritual parents. There are no living models. We have an incredible amount, a vast amount of entertainment and excitement, but we don't have a whole lot of spiritual parenting going on. And we are suffering for it. We talked about what would qualify one for being a spiritual parent. We saw out of the 1 Corinthians chapter 4 passage that the context Paul talks before he says you don't have many fathers, that he was their father in Christ. He talks about the incredible amount of pain that he had gone through. One of the things, believe it or not, that's going to qualify you for being a spiritual leader or parent is your own personal pain. Your pain will eventually become your platform because it is our pain that is confronted by the grace of God that gets you through a place and into a place to where you become a magnet if you're willing to be transparent about that pain. Paul said, be imitators of me. And right before he said that, he listed all the incredibly painful things that he had gone through. So I want to tell you today that if you're in a painful place, it may be right where God is going to use you to somehow become a magnet to others who are in places of pain. Don't act like you know everything and have everything together when you're suffering. Act like it is the way it is, and that is you are absolutely dependent on the grace of God, and if He doesn't show up, you're toast. That is not a weak position. Paul said, when I am weak, that's when I'm really strong. When I don't know what to do. When I am absolutely dependent on God, that's when my weakness is met by His strength. We talked about how God is a God of affirmation. He even affirmed His Son. When Jesus, who knew no sin, was about to begin His ministry, notice that before the assignment started, the affirmation came. God said this about Jesus. This is my beloved Son. I am absolutely in love with my Son. Later on, God said this about his son Jesus when the disciples were thinking, we ought to build a building. Remember the transfiguration? Elijah and Moses were there, Jesus was talking with them, and Peter just thought he ought to say something. And he said, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Wow, what an amazing thing. 
Why don't we build three tabernacles, one for Elijah, one for Moses, and one for you? As if Jesus needed a building. And God interrupted Peter, and he said, This is my beloved son. Listen to him. You know what God Almighty was saying? You hear him, you've heard me. But he affirmed him. And Jesus didn't have any sin. Can I tell you something? If Jesus needed affirmation, you do too. Do you know that every one of us, deep down in our heart of hearts, having been created in the image and likeness of God, we want and we need affirmation. That's not weakness. The transfer of value, of love, of trust, of recognition, that's what affirmation is. We talked about last week about how God created Adam and Eve in first, uh, and Genesis 1.27 said after he created Adam and Eve, the Bible says that he blessed them and he said, he said, but he didn't give them an assignment to go take dominion until he had affirmed them. I used Dina last week to show you what the word in the Hebrew means. Stand up one more time, sweetie. The word in the Hebrew is the Hebrew word Barak. And it means that when God created Adam and Eve, that word means when he created them, he looked at them in the eye and he said, I adore you. And I still do. <laughs> we, we might pursue that a little later. But you know, the affirmation... Back to where I, let me get my train of thought back here. <laughs> let me see if I can recoup this. Well, Y'all think I'm dead or something? <laughs> think about that. God created the creator, looked at the created, and he said, I adore you. The, the Hebrew root means to bow, to adore. God was saying to Adam and Eve, I am absolutely totally in love with you do you know that what is the root of all brokenness in me and in you is the fact that we hadn't gotten it yet we don't have full revelation we make inferior choices because we don't really know that he adores us we don't walk in the revelation of his love for us it is that love that motivates us and empowers us to be who he created and redeemed us to be. We go off and chase inferior things and get into all kind of stuff because we don't really have revelation of how much our Father loves us. We don't really believe that it's true and have revelation that he feels about us the way he says he does. I gave you the example not only of Adam and Eve, but of Abraham whom God blessed and supernaturally empowered to be the carrier of blessing that we're the recipients of. Did you know that you're the recipient of the blessing of Abraham today? Christ Jesus didn't terminate the blessing of Abraham. He perpetuated it. We talked about Moses. 
whom the Lord assigned to go in to speak to Pharaoh to let his people go, but before he assigned him, he affirmed him. He told him, I am the I am. I will be with you. I'm that bush that burns and burns and burns and never burns out. I'm your eternal source. We talked about David, but today I want to give you an illustration of where we go wrong and why we don't believe and operate in that affirmation out of the book of Judges chapter 6. The history of the, of, of the Israelites at this point was they were under incredible affliction from the Midianites. And so the Lord visited a man named Gideon. And verse 12 says, the angel of the Lord appeared to him, Gideon, and he said, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. If you read the context, you'll find out that Gideon was hiding. <laughs> he was beating out wheat just to be able to live and eat in a wine press. The Midianites thought he was making wine for the Midianites, but he was actually threshing wheat in there secretly to feed his family. He was in a place of retreat. And God says to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Was he acting like a mighty man of valor? Yes or no? Do you know that God doesn't see you the way you act? God sees you the way he sees you, the way he chooses. And the fact of the matter is, most of us have never taken the time and gotten the revelation to see ourselves the way our Father sees us. And that is the source of our brokenness. It is rooted in our own unbelief. Can I ask you a question? What am I saying to God when His Word clearly says that I am in Christ Jesus and therefore holy and righteous and blameless and forgiven and accepted? What am I saying to God when I'm constantly talking about and thinking about what a foul-up, goof-up, inferior servant that I am? One of us is right. Either God's right or I'm right. And if I keep on acting contrary to the way God says that I am, it is saying I am arrogant enough to not believe what you say is true about me. So those of you who are beating yourself up all the time and thinking inferior of yourself, you need to understand that you are arrogantly saying to God, what you say about me is not true. What's true is the way I think. Everybody say it with me. When I do that, I'm walking in unbelief. God give us revelation. Well, notice when, notice what Gideon's response was. When God said, you are a mighty man of valor, Gideon said to him, verse 13, oh, my Lord. <laughs> you ever feel that way? Oh, my Lord. If, if. Gideon is not exactly on board here. If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all the miracles which we've been told about? About being brought up from Egypt? Yeah, 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 yeah. But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Now there's... 
There's a gut-level honest guy right there, isn't he? God identifies him as a mighty man of valor, and Gideon says, if God is with us, why has all this happened to us? And why, where are all the miracles we heard about that you used to do? Somebody else told us about the miracles, but here we are in need of one, and it ain't here. You ever feel that way? I said, do you ever feel that way? What was Gideon's problem? Gideon was determining how God felt about him on the basis of his present circumstances. Gideon was saying, you feel this way about us because we're in bondage right now to this situation. In his case, the Midianites. You know, the easiest thing for us to do is to make our choices about how God feels about us based on the difficulty of the circumstances we're in today. If I'm a mighty man of valor, if I'm a champion, why am I in such difficult, horrible circumstances? Why don't you intervene like you did for them if you really feel that way about us now. One of the greatest mistakes we can make is the Gideon mistake. Determining how God feels about us based on our present circumstances. Father William wrote a blog the other day, and boy, look, this is not for, um, you know, I mean, you got to really want to pursue the Lord in the depths of the Scriptures to read his blog, The Spiritual Well on the Internet. Here on a deal the other day, Father William, this was one of the most profound things you've ever said. When you are evaluating the circumstances of your life, sometimes you can say God did it, and we know that God is not the author and inflictor of pain. That came into this world through sin. And then we're tempted to say, well, God is, he allowed it. And sometimes we say he is no better than a perpetrator of reckless manslaughter. He could have stopped it and he didn't do it. There's another way of perceiving the difficulties and pains in God's perspective. As William pointed out, and you didn't know I was listening, but I read it. Maybe it's not that God did it or allowed it. Maybe it's true that God endured it. Out of his love, he endured it with us. Love doesn't stop all inferior choices but real love endures and real love because it endures will eventually prevail so what am I trying to tell you this is for all of us you got people in your life today that are objects 
receivers and givers of pain. Every one of us do. And one of the most frustrating things is for those we love, we can't fix it. You ever notice that? Greatest pain there is, is to see somebody you love who is suffering and you can't fix it, right? It hurts, doesn't it? It hurts, doesn't it? It kills you on the inside, doesn't it? It hurts, doesn't it? It really hurts, doesn't it? I want you to know that there is an enduring love and there's somebody who has not changed his mind about you, who absolutely adores you. And even though your assignment may look like it's way too much for you and you don't have the wisdom, you don't have the power, there is one who will never leave you nor forsake you who is with you in your time of difficulty. And in those times when you wonder where is he and where are the miracles, he still says you are a mighty woman, a mighty man of valor. You will prevail. Notice what the Lord said to to Gideon next. When Gideon said, "Where, where are you? Where are all the miracles? The Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Now, wait a minute now. Wait a minute now. Gideon had just said in response to God saying this affirmation over him, You're a mighty man of valor. Gideon had just said, if you are even with me, why why has all this happened to me? And why aren't you intervening? Notice, there was no argument from God. He didn't even get into the discussion. (laughs) You ever notice that, Stephen? When you cry out to God sometimes, that a lot of times he acts like he's not even listening to the question? Are Stephen and I the only ones who's experienced that? You know, you get it. He didn't respond to the question. He responded after he gave the affirmation to the assignment. Why? How God feels about you is not up for grabs and it is so holy and it is so sacred and it is so unshakable he is not even going to get into a discussion about how he feels about you. He is on record as saying I absolutely adore you. I gave my only son to get you in my family. I am not going to give you all these interventions and everything. Besides that, the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you if you're a believer. Are you listening enough to let Him encourage you? Are you going to that book that's never going to change, that living and abiding Word that is full of life and power that will invest exactly how He feels about you and it never changes? God, give us revelation of how you see us 
so that we will quit living below our true identity. And I will tell you this, that in the church today, in the body of Christ, we've gotten things so backwards, we have become assignment-oriented instead of identity and affirmation-oriented. And so we're always trying to do, well, do this, do that, have this program, do it like this, do it, do it like that. And, you know, consequently, we grow up that way, and a lot of us think, so we tell our children, what you need to do is, and a lot of them are so, on the inside, so wounded by not being able to have the affirmation of how the Father feels about them, that they're trying to do the assignment without the affirmation. It never works. You can't succeed constantly wounded. What we should be doing, instead of telling everybody what they ought to do all the time, is being talking to the Father about somehow, by your Spirit, through whatever or whoever vehicle you choose, deposit into my child how you feel about them. That'll heal them. And in the meantime, you don't need to always be telling them what to do. You need to be investing the love of God so that the Holy Spirit, their guide, will show them what to do. And you know what? When they are not making the choices you want them to make, you have got to affirm them anyway. Can I ask you something? Is God always pleased with your choices? Yes or no? Is He always pleased with mine? But every time I want to see what he feels about me, I go to that same book and it hadn't changed. I am absolutely in love with you. I adore you. That doesn't make, give me a license to keep on making the wrong choices. It gives me the power to rise up and be who I was created and redeemed to be eventually. Strengthens me. I'll bet you that all those women down there on death row that you minister to down at Julia Tutwiler, I bet they're missing the affirmation of their identity. And I'll bet those choices they've made rose up out of that. Wouldn't you agree, Father? We make bad choices out of the wrong information. We don't really believe what our Father has said is the truth. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to quit, but I'm not going to finish this. We'll carry this on next week, but let me ask you this. Are you, uh, just, just stop getting ready to go now. Look at me. I can talk to you like that because I love you. How many of you would be willing to say, Pastor, the Holy Spirit is telling me today that if I refuse to believe and receive what God has said about me, I am saying I know better than you do. So if you keep on calling yourself a mess up, if you keep on allowing inferior choices from the past to define your tomorrows, you are saying my choices in my opinion are higher and more accurate than yours. How long has it been 
since you have looked the people closest to you in the eye and said, I'm proud of you. You're not endorsing inferior choices. You're endorsing their identity, who they are. And what they do will eventually flow out of who they are or who they perceive themselves to be. I'm proud of you. Well, I couldn't say that because I'm not proud of what they're doing. It's not about what they're doing. Can I tell you something? There are people in this room today. Some of you's parents have been gone a long time and you are still subconsciously trying to get them to say to you, I am proud of you. It was always dependent on some kind of performance that you could never get there. And you're still living with it. What the words that come into your heart are powerful. Life and death. So I want us all to rise up and say, I'm going to be a receiver of what you say about me, and I'm going to be a vehicle to convey what you say. It is not a license to continue inferior choices. It is an affirmation to help you find out who you really are. Power. God is the source of truth affirmation well pastor what's the difference in flattery and affirmation motive flattery is cheap and shallow and it is to control and manipulate somebody to like you more or give you what you want affirmation flows out of the heart of God and sometimes it is hard when you see people who are struggling and suffering and even making you suffer to say, I love you. I am proud of you. I would not trade you for anybody in this world. The power of affirmation. It flows out of the heart of God. Would you stand? Would you pray this with me? Mighty Father, the holy name of your son Jesus I worship you today that you have chosen to be incredibly in love with me give me greater revelation of how you feel about me based on your word forgive me for interpreting you based on my circumstances and I say to you, change me. Give me revelation of your love that I might be a receiver and then a carrier of your unconditional love. Use me to affirm those in my life that you have assigned me to, to speak words, carriers, vehicles of affirmation to those in my life. Oh, mighty Jesus, give me revelation on a daily basis of who I am in you.
Father, we thank you that in our walk with you, that we always receive from you affirmation before we receive assignment. It's out of that affirmation that we more we are more than conquerors in the assignment that you give us. Forgive us for getting it out of order and for imposing our own ignorance on others. Forgive us for that, Lord. Help us to see it the way you see it. Forgive us, Lord, in our pride for feeling like we're responsible for the results instead of you. Help us to just join you in the process of our own healing and be carriers of it to those you've placed in our lives. Thank you that even when we are not getting it, even when we are making wrong choices, you still love and nurture and care for and seek us. Thank you for your heart expressed like that to us. Lord, give this church and all of those you brought under this shepherding, give us greater revelation of the affirmation that is in the love of God hunger and thirst for it in Jesus name and all the people said well we'll see you next week thank you for being here today you can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com